We're at a, uh, a rainy Sunday. John Scholes here hosting along with uh, Chris Justice, courtesy of Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in this country. Chris, of course, is an employment lawyer, so he's got the knowledge and the answers to all of your questions here over the next hour. You want to call in, phone lines are uh, open and uh, and ready to go. How about that? 416-872-1010. 416-872-1010 for any questions. It could be something as simple as a uh, severance offer sitting in front of you. Is it legit? Is it enough? No. I can guarantee it's probably not. Maybe you're having uh, harassment issues. Maybe you're being bullied at work. Maybe it's a problem with your boss. Could be a, a, a whole host of things having to do with your work life. We'll bring them on. That's what we talk about here every Sunday. Again, 416-872-1010. If you want to toss us a text, we'll try to get to some of those a little later on. That number is 71010. And as we roll on here, I'll give you out the information to uh, contact Chris beyond the hour of the show on your own time and have that conversation. Main topics today. First one will be this. When alleged just cause is not cause. We'll get into that in just a bit. But Chris, we always start off and uh, get it all warmed up, pal, with a a week that was or something in the news or a case you've been working on. What do you got for us today, pal? Yeah, yeah. No, for today, I thought I'd talk about what's been going on with Shopify recently. There have been a number of layoffs. Um, There have been some situations where um, the employment of of certain employees who remain there are, are changing in some ways. Uh, and so this is all, of course, in response to the pandemic. And I think Shopify is just one of the more recent examples of, you know, these large companies that are sort of instituting mass layoffs or, you know, doing some restructuring of some sort. Now, with respect to Shopify, I know that uh, they had made a statement regarding some Canadian employees uh, about getting 16 weeks minimum of severance pay, plus another week uh, for every year they've completed. And so that's sort of been the, the MO as it stands right now in terms of what Shopify has been offering a lot of its employees. And uh, while someone may think, oh, I get a minimum of 16 weeks plus a, an extra week for every year I've been there, that might seem to some people like it's a very good offer. Um, but as we know, uh, employers will often incorrectly calculate someone's severance pay, whether it's based on you know a set policy or, or maybe even having received legal advice you're often not looking at initial packages being anywhere near what your full common law severance rights are. So I thought, you know, again, in Shopify's case, this was a good example of where, um, you know, I've got an employer laying people off, offering a certain amount of money. You might think it's good, but you definitely want to contact a lawyer, get some legal advice before signing off on any kind of a package, uh, certainly in this case, and especially, you know, if you're a longer service employee, um, now, I know there's been another, uh, as I mentioned, other changes going on with Shopify where employees aren't necessarily being told that they're being let go, um, but they're having to have certain terms of their employment change. Um, in, in Shopify's example, I know they're abandoning, abandoning a lot of physical locations um, for certain regions, which might mean more remote work or maybe a hybrid model. Um, but I know there are also changes in terms of certain roles that people have due to, you know, somewhat of a restructure. And a lot of people will come to me, not just Shopify people, but anyone when they've been presented with changes to the terms of their employment, thinking, um, you know, that that's above board. But in fact, that could actually result in a termination as well. So, you know, whether you're an employee who's being laid off or you're being presented with a number of changes, maybe as a result of a restructure, um, let's like what's going on with Shopify. You definitely, as I say, we want to get legal advice um, before you have any major communications and certainly before signing any kind of like a full and final release uh, in terms of the severance. 
Yeah, Shopify just turned out to be another one of the uh, you know deluge of of, of layoffs and people like being let go in the tech side. Yeah, you know, a good time as as Chris mentioned there to reach out to uh, to Chris. I mentioned the number I would give it to you, and it's it's right here one eight five five. 821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at uh, employmentlawyer.ca is the way you want to reach out or answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Either one of those emails will work and uh, get some answers if you're part of Shopify. I know you've had a ton contact you already or if just another job, feel free to reach out to Chris anytime and uh, and have your say for sure. But we always tell you to call in now and talk to us. That's why we're here. 416-872-1010. Joanne, thanks for standing by for a couple of moments. How are you? Um, how are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay. I'm phoning on behalf of my friend who is a truck driver, and he worked for the okay. same company for eight to nine years, and he got a, a, a text telling him on February 25th not to bother coming back to work. So he hasn't got record of employment. There's no talk of severance or anything. Okay. Okay. So yeah, seems pretty clear based on that text message that he's being let go. Yeah. Um, you know, and and most of the time, like vast majority of the time, when someone has been let go, or when an employer has told them your no, your services are no longer required, that person's going to be owed severance. Um, it doesn't seem like based on what you're saying, severance is forthcoming. Um, employers or no record which- of employment either. Yeah, and that could be an issue too, because if someone wants to, for example, apply and, and try to receive EI benefits without that exactly. record of employment, that's going to be difficult. And there have been cases in the past where employers have been penalized for not issuing a timely record of employment. And this is on top of any kind of severance rights that we're talking about. You know, that mm-hmm. just alone uh, could result in some compensation. But uh, certainly, you know, someone who's been somewhere for eight or nine years continuously. Um, you know, regardless of what the employer is trying to do, is likely looking at over a year's worth of severance potentially. So I would say absolutely give us a call. Um, you know, as I say before, employers will try to, you know, raise a number of different ways in which they could try to avoid their obligations, you know, for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because they don't want to pay. But the vast majority of these reasons just fall flat. So, yeah, as I say, all the more reason to give us a call. Um, I know I was talking earlier with the Shopify employees. I mean, you could get upwards of 24 months in some cases for people with their full severance entitlement. So whether it's this guy or girl or anyone else, um, you know, you want to give us a call before uh, anything like that happens. And there's other people at his work and they're thinking it could take two or three years to get any money. So they're all thinking, like, why bother? Well, yeah, no, it, it doesn't actually take two or three years. Most cases settle without even needing to go forward with a lawsuit whatsoever. And mm-hmm. so it might even take a month or two to resolve it. But, you know, the alternative would be to just walk away and get nothing after, you know, say a decade's worth of work. And, and you know, that would be a shame, of course. And so we would do everything we can to get, you know, this person's full rights or any of the others that might have some concerns, you know, definitely. Um, you know, if they want to give us a call too, we can talk it through and uh, kind of give them an idea of what their best options are moving forward. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Joanne, for uh, taking the time again to reach out uh, for your friend to 1-855-821-5900. But here and now, 416-872-1010. David, you're up next, pal. How are you? Good afternoon. Hello. Yes. Hi. Go ahead, David. Uh- yeah, yeah. I my, my question is, um, or my issue is, 
after 22 years of um, of service, I have asked for uh, a small raise and was given a letter by our um, our secretary from our treasurer that I would need to negotiate um, any raise and at that time they could uh, sever my five-year contract um, which they say is into its um, fifth year fourth year and uh, hire someone else uh, without any compensation and um, I, I might mention that uh, or I will mention that uh, I'm a part-time uh, 20 hours a week uh, uh, caretaker uh, and uh, uh, um, yeah that, that's basically my, my question Okay. Okay. So first of all, when it comes to negotiating your salary or your wages, uh, I mean, depending on whether or not you have something in place already, you know, that is something to be negotiated. It's not to say that uh, anyone has an inherent right to an increased salary, as I say, unless there's some contract or term of your employment that might allow for that. Uh, And obviously, of course, provided you're being paid at least the minimum wage in, in the province you're in. But uh, in terms of the the severance question, I mean, you said you'd been there for over two decades. Is that right? Uh, twenty two years. Yeah, twenty two years, and more. Most recently, you're, you're talking about this sort of five year term contract, and a lot of times employers will try to say that you know maybe you have been somewhere for twenty years, but your latest five years is you know a fixed term. And that they can just let that five-year period run out and and then not have to pay you any severance whatsoever. And for the most part, that's just simply not the case. Even if you have some understanding with them that you're working a a five-year term most recently, um, as I say, that doesn't give the employer the right to just let you go at the end of the day and not pay you any severance for the 22, 23 years that you've been there. So I think that, um, first of all, before signing anything or agreeing to anything further, um, just because that could hurt your rights moving forward, you definitely want to get some legal advice. But um, as things stand, I think if that contract were to run out, um, you should and likely would be treated not just as a, as a fixed-term five-year contract employee, but someone, as I say, with two decades of service, which could actually mean that you're owed upwards of two years of severance by the time things are over. Um, but it does seem like there have been some discussions with you and your employer and, and all that. So I think it would still be advisable to get some legal advice. Maybe we could talk it through with you and get a better sense of what's been going on. Um, but I wouldn't assume that what the, what you're being told by the employer is correct. And as I say, your potential entitlements could actually be much more significant. David, we got to let you go. Got to get into a break, but appreciate the call. So do exactly that. As uh, Chris just mentioned, make that phone call tomorrow. Uh, it's one 821 5,900 answers at employmentlawyer.ca. But Mitch, Jane, Deborah, Josephine, hang on, guys. We're going to get to you. We've got to take a short break. We'll get into it now and return with lots more of your phone calls. 416-872-1010. It is the Employment Law Show. Stand by. 
All right, welcome back. It is one twenty here on a uh, Sunday afternoon. Good to have you along, John Scholes, Chris Justice, courtesy San Fury uh, Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Reminder: beyond this hour every week, you can always reach Chris and his team. He's got a great support team behind him as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred answers at employmentlawyer.ca. If you want more of a lengthy private conversation, one of those two routes will do it. But here now, I always encourage you to call in the weekend. It's rainy. Grab a phone, talk to us, right? Be part of the show. Four one six. 872-1010. Mitch, thank you so much for standing on through the uh, the break, pal. What's what's going on with you? Oh, I was just curious. At work, if they have a no cell phone rule for employees, and we see you, can they can the employer confiscate your cell phone and take even if it's for less one shift and say, oh, you're not getting your cell phone back, you're not allowed to use it on duty. So, is this a personal cell phone, or like do, do you get a company provided phone yeah. as well? Yeah. Well, personally, you just need it to answer. And let's say get a text or something and can the final can the employer take away the personal cell phone yeah I, I i don't think in general an employer would be able to establish that unless there was some specific reason right so if it was just a full stop you can't have a phone on you um i guess one issue would be you know what if there is an emergency what if you need a cell phone for some reason now if the question becomes you know how much cell phone use is permitted you know can you use your phone during this time or that time then employers are going to have a lot more leeway in terms of, I guess, how people use their phones. Um, but they can't have a strict no cell phone policy unless there's some rationale connected to it. I, I don't know if, um, like, what uh, what kind of employer do you work for? What's the context there? Oh, I don't want to say on the air course, but I was just wondering if the employer okay. can, use, can they grab it out of your hand and say you're not getting it back or something like that? I guess no, em- no, employers can't confiscate or take somebody's phone. Um, if they've got an issue with somebody using a phone, maybe contrary to company policy, then they would be generally within the rights to, you know, issue a warning of some sort or write you up in some way. I mean, it kind of just depends on the scenario, but actually taking your phone from, you no, they, they would have to go through other measures than that. Appreciate it, Mitch. Going to, uh, move on down the line. Got, uh, Deborah standing by. Hi, Deborah. Uh, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, good afternoon. I'm fine. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks for taking the time. What's your question? Yes. Um, I'm a former employee of Jenny Craig. You may be aware that Jenny Craig has shuttered its operations in Canada and U.S. Oh, wow. On Mon- yeah, they've, they've closed. Um, so on Monday, all Canadian employees received an internal communication telling us not to re- report to work, that all the Canadian centres would be closed. Uh, we did receive on May 4th our pay period uh, and our vacation accrual was paid to us. However, moving forward, they have indicated they are going into bankruptcy. There has been no communication to any of the employees to um, tell us if we're receiving severance, which I doubt. There has been no communication in terms of record employment. I did reach out to a supervisor who told us it was in the hands of a bankruptcy trustee. So I'm reaching out for all the employees of Jenny Craig in Canada to find out what our legal rights are in terms of severance from the company. I have been employed there for 14 years. Yeah, no, actually, I heard about that as well. After, what was it, 40 years or so of being in business, they had made this announcement recently. And I also heard that they were in quite a bit of debt. Um, I think I saw some reports saying there's roughly a quarter of a billion dollars uh, in debt, $250 million. Um, And they were kind of looking to explore potential sale, but I guess got little interest and hence why they're um, you know, filing for bankruptcy or whatnot. 
And you know, these kinds of situations can be very difficult, especially for a long-term service employee, because ordinarily, if somebody uh, shuts down their business, you know, through no fault of your own, not necessarily necessarily bad faith motivated or anything like that, you're still generally looking at upwards of two years of severance, as I say, especially for long service employees like yourself. Um, and and that would be my general position. But the the question would be. You know, how much debt are they in and where do the employees fall in the pecking order? Because you're going to typically have uh, when it comes to, to sort of bankruptcy proceedings or, or that kind of thing, collections, you're going to have people like the banks, you know, mortgages, that kind of stuff at the top of the list as far as creditors and who needs to be paid off. And then later on down that list, then you'll see the employees who have been there for 40, 30, 20 years, whatever. Um, they're going to be uh, generally considered unsecured creditors. Right. So, so I think the problem is not that, generally speaking, someone like you would be receiving upwards of two years, but more, um, is there going to be money at the end of the day, you know, based on what the trustee says? I know that um, there's a form, I think it's called a Form 31 that employees need to fill out at the very least before they can have any claim to any severance that they're owed. Um, and then after that point, you sort of stay in touch with the trustee and and sort of get an idea of kind of when the distribution is being made. But yeah, it can be very difficult because it could be the case that someone gets zero severance at all. Um, there's just there's no, there's no money there. Um, now, you could turn to the Wage Protection Act um, there is a there is a way to go through the government through that way to potentially get some of your entitlements. But I would say before choosing which path to go down, if you're someone in that situation, you should definitely give us a call because these things can be a bit complicated when it comes to bankruptcy and solvency stuff. Um, but it is it is unfortunate when you see these long, long term employees who would have these entitlements um, otherwise kind of run into an issue when it comes to the, the bankruptcy aspect. So what I will do then is I will certainly give your office a call and uh, look into Absolutely. or find out more about the Wage Protection Act. Yeah, and just in general about your options. Like I say, there could be some possibility that there is money and that it's worth pursuing, you know, however long it may take. So, yeah, either way, just give us a call and we'll um, try to flesh out everything as best we can and give you uh, the best idea of what all your options and, and rights are. Deborah, appreciate your time. Here it is, one 821 to reach out to uh, to Chris. Beyond the hour of the show, going to get to Jane while we still got some time uh, before the break. Hi, Jane, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? So I've been with the company for 33 years. I've been told in the next few months I will be receiving a severance package, um, and I'm 59. I just wondered uh, what type of package might be presented to me and if there's any legal obligations to for my benefits yeah good question you know i um i have just i was just done saying how you know the maximum entitlement someone could get is 24 months and of severance and especially for someone in your situation you said 33 years with the company um you've been told that there'll be a severance package coming which probably suggests that there aren't any bankruptcy or insolvency issues um, like the past caller was mentioning. Um, so as I say, your, your potential entitlements could be upwards of two years. Now, in terms of what you're going to actually be offered when it comes down to it, I highly doubt you're going to be offered something close to that mark. More often than not, employers will not offer you your full severance entitlements. In fact, they'll just offer you a, a mere fraction of what you could get. Now, I don't know exactly what you're looking at in, in your case, but I wouldn't be shocked if the package you get maybe reflects 12 months, maybe something a little bit less, maybe something a little bit more. 
but but still a far cry from 24. So before you sign anything, agree to any kind of severance or money, even if you think the offer is really good, you definitely want to give us a call when that time comes. And the point about your benefits, it's good you've raised that because when it comes to your severance entitlements, you're typically looking at continuation of your pay, of your benefits. You're, you're talking about including things like bonuses. Maybe you've got an RRSP or a pension that you contribute into or match. You know, all of these things need to be taken into account when I'm talking about a severance package. So um, absolutely give us a shout, but that hopefully give you an idea of maybe what to expect and what your rights would be. Thank you very much. The other question was, if they give a severance package, can you negotiate mm-hmm. that it's not all in the same tax year or do most companies just pay out and you're gone? Um, well, I, I would say that anything's possible in that sense. I have in the past, for example, structured a deal where there is two separate payments. You know, one may be occurring this year, one occurring the next year. So I would say it is possible. Um, to some extent, it'll come down to the company and their willingness to do that. Uh, I mean, you are right in the sense that most often you'll probably be looking at a lump sum payment early on or maybe uh, a continuance type structure where you're just kept on payroll um, every two weeks, for example, and being paid that way. Um, but, you know, there are things outside of those that, that are possible. And, and what you've suggested is definitely a possibility. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, Thank you, you uh, for yours, Jane, as well. We'll take a short break. Josephine, stand by. You're coming up next, followed by you, Steve. Hang on, guys. We'll get to you. And your phone calls. Bring it on. You guys are doing a great job today joining us. 416-872-1010. And the email is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We will continue with the Employment Law Show. Hang on. All righty. We are back at a 134. So good to have you along here, John Scholes and Chris Justice. Sam Fury to Mark and LLP. Reach out. Talk to Chris during the week. Have that phone call. Get more information. Get educated on your uh, workplace and employment rights. They are robust. You just got to know what they are so you can exercise them for sure. one 821 5900 Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email. Reach out. But here and now, as mentioned, uh, we'll continue on. Got lots of time left to talk to you here on air. 416-872-1010 is how you go about doing that. Josephine, thank you for uh, for hanging on. You are up next. Good afternoon. What's, uh, what's your concern? Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. <clears throat> um, I am a fitness instructor and have been with uh, the organization for like 37 years, but we are only on contract, right? So they can, like for every session, uh, we're just on contract. Now, I have an ongoing injury at the moment and I may need um, some surgery, so I'm going to have to take some time off to heal. And uh, I'm just wondering, am I entitled to short-term disability from Ontario? Or how does that work? Yeah, so generally the first place you would start, and I don't know if this applies to you, but looking at what benefits are offered to you by the company or the employer itself. There's none. Okay, so they don't don't have a short-term or long-term disability. They don't have any... Part-time, part-time. Right. Okay. And and so there's no other uh, option for you. There's no sort of paid sick time or, or sick leave type policy no. that they would have that would apply. No. No, absolutely okay. none. It's um, it's basically a contract. You just get paid for the work for the hours that okay. you're there. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you do need to take a leave of absence uh, based on a disability of some sort. Um, generally your employer will have to uh, sort of issue a record of employment, right? To kind of confirm the absence. Uh, That record record of employment will say that you have been essentially placed on a leave of absence. 
And I'm, I'm assuming there'll be, you know, some, I guess, medical documentation in support of yeah. that absence. Yeah. But w- once you have that record of employment and once that's been issued, you can, um, for example, apply for EI sick benefits uh, through the EI program. So that's one yeah. option available to you. Um, and you will receive some paid benefits during that period of time, uh, although it's not for an indefinite period of time. There is a limit, and it'll just depend on you know each person's specific case. But that's one option I think that's available to you. Right. Um, the the other thing I was going to say is that of course while you're off on this leave of absence and, and getting treated or, or getting back to to being in better shape, uh, your employer is going to have a duty to op- uh, a duty to accommodate your absence. So if for example you go off on this leave and maybe it's taking too long for your employer's uh, purposes and they might say, okay, we're going to let you go. Well, that's a huge problem for them. Um, and as I say, generally your position needs to be kept open while you're off on the leave and ready to go back. And if you do go back after a leave, but require some modifications, restrictions, that kind of thing, then that's another aspect of the duty to accommodate that your employer is going to have to participate in. Um, but yeah, in your case or in cases where people um, are working at companies that don't have any sort of sick leave policy or benefits along that sense, uh, at the very least, you could collect and uh, you can apply and collect those EI sick benefits. EI, but not just say it's going to take longer than, I guess that depends on how long it's going to take to recover from the surgery, right? Yeah, yeah. There are, I mean, there are programs through, for example, the Ontario Disability uh, Services, um, ODSP. Right. Um, you, you know, depending on whether or not you qualify for their specific tests, um, yeah. you might be able to also um, receive some benefits or pay through them uh, and or through EI at the same time, depending on what the amounts are, too. So that's another option that's generally okay. available. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, Josephine, thank has, you. Your, um, has your employer said anything about you taking the time off? Do they know you're going to need oh, surgery? No, I have, have no issues with the employer. Um, oh, okay. I mean, I don't believe there'll be any issues with, you know, once once the ankle is healed, there'll be no mm-hmm. issues coming back. I'm not concerned about that. I'm more concerned yeah. because, you know, how am I going to pay my bills, you know, when I'm right. not working? Right. Yeah. Even though I only work 24 <clears throat> hours a week or less than that, I make pretty okay money. You know what I mean? I can sure. cover my bills. So right. I'm kind of concerned. Like, how am I going to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, EI, ODSP, even maybe CPP disability, depending again on the person and the circumstances, these would all be potential options for you to help out. Okay. Well, thank you so much for the information. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thank you. Appreciate that and good thank luck. You. And uh, feel good free to call afternoon. us back if you have any uh, you bet concerns later on. The only reason I asked her that, Chris, is um, I'm just thinking that, uh, you know, she said, you know, I'm, I'm a contractor and I've been with them for 37 years. Eh, it's not passing the smell test to me. She sounds like an employee. I just asked her that if, if it ever came down that they let her go, she's like, a yeah, 20, she's like a 24 monther. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, some employers will just say to somebody, well, we don't need to extend that courtesy to you or that, you know, obligation to you because you're in this different class of people that we think don't get that, you know, and, and we're right. considering that to be your contractors. But as you say, a uh, vast majority of cases, people being told they're contractors, they are uh, really actually just employees and they have all the rights and entitlements that come with that. You got it. Let's get to uh, Steve, who's been patiently waiting. Steve, good afternoon, pal. How are you? Hi, John. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Sorry, I have a bit of a sore throat. Uh, that, I work that makes two hospita- of us. <laughs> <laughs> I work in the hospitality industry. I work for a very, worked for a very large company for 26 years. I'm 58 years old. I hold a high managerial position. 
on uh, one of our on one of our inspections of a of I was in the kitchen in one of our uh, establishments and I slipped on some oil on the floor, sustained an injury, pretty bad one, and um, was off work for a few months. I was told to return to work by uh, I was put on compensation, but for the return to work specialist said I was uh, to return to work. The company had my uh, position available for me. And within half an hour of returning to work, I was uh, let go with a severance package. I haven't signed and this package. That was a couple of months ago. I've been asking for continuation of benefits, and the company has not responded in any way, shape, or form to me. I, I have taken a short four-month contract with one of our competitors. Uh, I think it goes till about uh, June 30th. But I was just wondering uh, what I can do about this. Okay, so just I just want to sort of quickly summarize. So you were off on a disability leave, and then you were set to return back to work because you had the clearance. Was it from your doctor? I was on compensation, and right. it was the compensation that said I'm to return to work on modified duties. Oh, okay. So was, and were you, were you able to perform the work on modified duties, like based on that? Well, they, they didn't give me a chance. I was let go like 25 minutes within walking into the, to my office. Right. Well, I guess I'm saying you were willing to come back based on those modifications, but then shortly after doing that, you were let go. Yes. Okay. And did they tell you specifically what the reason for letting you go was or give any clarity? Uh, nope. They just said, uh, your job is, uh, being phased out. Okay. And these, uh, modifications or accommodations that you needed when, when coming back, did you have, like, how long were they set to last? Was it for a long time? Um, it was set to last until I was still going for treatment and therapy and it was set to right. last for at least two more months. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't know hundred percent. Um, you never really do, but Based on what you're telling me, it just really screams of an employer who just wasn't willing to accommodate your restrictions. You know, there had been some time away from work. There was eventually an agreement that you would come back based on some modifications that, you know, as you say, might only last for a couple months. And when your employer found out about these modifications and found out about, you know, what, how they had to accommodate you, they could have very easily viewed that as a, just an inconvenience or a burden that they didn't want. And then as a result, let you go or phase you out as they've put it. So um, as I say, without knowing hundred percent, my alarm bells are going off in terms of the real reason why you were let go. Because if even 1% of the reason that you were let go had to do with the fact that you had taken a leave of absence or that you required some accommodation or modification, then that's just illegal. Your employer is uh, potentially going to be on the hook for not just paying you severance, um, but also additional damages for human rights violations based on the way in which you were let go. Yeah, um, that's what a lot of colleagues have been telling me, Chris. Uh, and and yeah. to add to that, um, I was trying to get back to work for, it took them about four months, uh, four weeks to bring me back because they mm -hmm. kept telling the return to work, well, we don't have a, we can't accommodate him with these re restrictions. I, and it was an office job and the restrictions really were not that, uh, right. not that bad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that and that's I, different. I, like some, I, sorry, go ahead. 
Let me just put you on hold there for a sec, Steve. We got to take a short break. We're going to come back to you to finish it off and give someone else uh, some time to grab that phone and call us as well. We'll we'll go back to Steve here in a moment. In the meantime, 416-872-1010 to reach out with the remaining time here on the Employment Law Show. Stand by. All righty, we are back. So good to have you along. One forty nine <coughs> Sunday. You still got some time to call in and talk to us. 416-872-1010. Chris Justice is your guy from the law firm, St. Fear to Market LLP. You want to reach out after the show. It's always an option. Maybe you prefer that, right? Have a lengthier conversation with Chris and his team. Anytime you would like, you can email answers at employmentlawyer.ca anytime and one 821 5900 But here and now, 416 416- Eight seven two ten ten. Thanks for uh, thanking, hanging on, Steve. Uh, Chris, yeah, you can continue where we left off with Steve about his particular uh, predicament. Go ahead, guys. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to add when I, I when I have been trying to negotiate for the extension of benefits, I was I was told by the gentleman in HR that since I have taken a four month contract with with uh, with another company, that um, all they all they would be entitled to is the uh, pay and due notice and um, and ESA, uh, which doesn't seem right to me as well. Yeah, did you say you had been there for a total of eight or nine years? Uh, no, twenty uh, twenty six years. Oh, okay, yeah. So in in uh, in these kinds of cases, you know, when someone's let go, um, whether it's because of disability or not, uh, for the most part, they're owed severance. And, and one way that their severance entitlements can be limited uh, is based on whether or not they make some money following the end of their job. Now, in your case, you said it was a four-month fixed-term contract, right? Yes. So, so to the extent that your severance entitlements are limited in any way, it may only be as much as that four-month period of time or whatever money that you've made or will make in that four-month time frame. But as an employee with over 20 years of service, your entitlements could actually be upwards of two years of severance, right? So let's say, for example, they get credit for four of those two years, four months of those two years. You're still looking at you know, a heck of a lot more than, as you said, they said, just your ESA entitlements, your bare minimum entitlements. So I would definitely uh, give us a call so we can kind of flesh that out. I think you said you hadn't signed anything yet, which is also great. But in terms of making sure that what they've offered you is fair and reasonable, that's number one for getting legal advice, but also there's still that concern as to why you were let go exactly. And I think your employer could be in some uh, hot water in that respect too. Sure. I would love to talk to you after this. Is there a number? I will give it to you now, Steve. You can use it uh, on into next week as well. one 821 5900 If you're listening as well, one 821 5900 and answers at employment lawyer. .ca. Thanks for your uh, thanks for your time, Steve. We're going to just flip over in between calls. We've got a couple texts come through. As I mentioned, uh, seven ten ten is the number. Um, where do we want to go, uh, guys? Can you clarify the difference <coughs> between termination pay versus severance pay? What do you think? Or pay and lieu knows? I'll throw that one in there as well, Chris. Termination pay, severance pay, different different names for it, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of these uh, phrases get thrown about, you know, when someone's employment's been terminated, we're going to offer you this amount of termination pay or this amount of uh, pay in lieu of notice, or you're going to get six months severance. I mean, these these phrases are used so often sort of interchangeably, um, but they essentially all boil down to the same thing. You know, someone's severance or someone's termination pay entitlements, they're they're effectively one and the same. Um, So don't get confused. Um, What it's going to come down to is, you know, you look at what the company is willing to offer you in total, you know, the total number of dollars, how many months or how many weeks does that effectively add up to, you know, whether, whether, whether they're going to call it A, B or C, 
you know, what does that all add up to? And, and that's going to be what the offer is or, or what the, uh, the best way I think to value an employer's offer would be. But yeah, severance, termination pay, all pretty much one and the same going forward. Great text here too, and this is a question we get all the time. In fact, we we spent a great deal of of time on these shows in the past, you know, years and months talking about this. That is, severance termination pay applies to construction workers that are not part of a union, because the general knowledge is, oh, I was in construction, so I don't get severance. That's what I was told, right? Yeah, and this is a fairly common uh, yep. issue that comes up. You know, people thinking, oh, because the construction workers are treated differently. Construction workers aren't entitled to severance like uh, the vast majority of other non-unionized employees. And, and that's just not true. Um, there, there, is, uh, there are some differences in law when it comes to construction workers. Uh, and there are some occasions where, you know, maybe a minority of these construction workers may have their rights limited to some degree. Hmm. But a lot of employers use this as a general term to apply to pretty much any construction worker. And so, if you're somebody who is in construction or maybe you're being told that because you're a construction employee, you're not owed severance, very, very high likelihood that's just not the case. Um, especially if you're someone who's working at the construction company on an ongoing basis, um, you know, uh, every single year kind of thing. So your, your rights, just like any other employee, could be upwards of two years of severance, uh, as I say, whether you're construction related or not. Let's get to a couple of emails here again. Even after the show, you can use this address, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Jerome says, guys, can I cash my severance check even if I still plan on pursuing more severance with you? Yeah, so I, I get this question a lot. You know, hey, they, they've uh, they've given me this check or maybe they've deposited money into my account. You know, does me uh, cashing this check or does me you know, using the money that's deposited, does that mean that I've accepted, you know, in full satisfaction, my claim for severance, you know, does that somehow prevent me from, uh, you know, if I do cash the check or, or use that money, prevent me from going after the company or pursuing any further severance? And, and the answer is no, it doesn't prevent you. You still have your severance rights, um, regardless of whether the company deposits money or not. Um, to some extent, that will be credited towards the company, but by no means would it be in full satisfaction with, with what you're entitled to. The, the main thing, of course, you want to avoid, again, is just signing documents um, that are connected with your termination, You know, where a company will say, you know, we'll give you uh, $20,000 up front, and then we'll give you another twenty dollars if you sign this release, and then you go ahead and sign it. That's where you as an employer are going to be pretty much uh, stuck to what you've, yep. uh, you know, agreed to. But as long as you haven't signed a release, you know, if they put some money in your account, that does not mean you've accepted everything in full. And absolutely, you can go after more severance and should. You got it. Stella's next says, guys, I was just uh, I was just temporarily laid off by my employer of 10 years without a specific recall date. How long do I have to wait? Am I guaranteed a position to return to? What are my options? Yeah, so this, uh, especially nowadays in this climate, something we're seeing and have seen a lot of, you know, employees being told by their company that they're being placed on a layoff, that it's not a termination, that their maybe stated intention is to have that person come back, but they just don't know when and they'll call them as soon as they can about future work. And so somebody gets a letter like this or notification and they think, okay, the company has the right to do that. They've promised they'll call me back. So I'm just going to wait around. And then they, didn't, they don't call you back and you just wait and you wait and you wait and you think, well, they're going to call me back. The longer you wait, 
the longer or, or the more likely it is that you're going to be ex- seen as accepting that layoff. Right. And, and people need to understand that there actually is no standalone right or inherent right that an employer has to lay you off, even if it's on a temporary basis. A lot of employers will assume or say that they can do this as long as they call you back within a certain time frame. But unless there's actually some term or, or something in your contract that says they can lay you off for that time frame, uh, don't assume as an employee that you can be subjected to that. And so just know that if you're in that scenario, you have essentially two options. You can either accept the layoff and, and you know, hope to get called back, but then you know, not be able to argue that they don't have the right to lay you off. Um, or you can actually take a stand and say, no, I didn't sign up to be laid off. This is not a term of my employment. I don't agree. I want to work, even if the layoff is for business-related reasons. And you have an option potentially to treat that layoff as a termination and seek your full severance rights. So yeah, just generally, you've got those options. You want to contact a lawyer, get some legal advice if you're being told you're going to be placed on a layoff so that you can make sure you're essentially communicating the right things to your employer. But yeah, don't assume that you have no options um, and, and you could be waiting for a lot longer than you think. And then, you know, unfortunately, that may be held against you later on. You bet. Guys, fantastic show. Appreciate it. If you managed to uh, send us a, a text or email and called into the show, we really appreciate it. We're going to be back at it next weekend as well. In the meantime, to reach out to Chris, which you're always encouraged to do, standing by with a great team behind him. Sanfiru Tamarkin is the is the firm. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. You can use the email answers at employmentlawyer.ca and uh, you can go on from there. If you want a website to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca that will give you uh, access as well to the severance calculator and make you that much smarter great show thanks it and we'll be out we'll be back here next weekend at the same time enjoy the rest of your weekend 